Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Letting Go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough one, man. I mean, I'll tell you, in today's world, what everything going on, it's a very challenging thing to do and a, a super important thing to do. So we uh, are just coming off kind of a production cycle of three interviews and five regular episodes. This is going to be the second one where there isn't as much structure. Greg and I had talked so briefly about this episode weeks and weeks and weeks ago. So we're going to try like we did last week and uh, just kind of be a little bit more open about this thing and just go. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and I don't know about you, Greg, but I am a little sore from all the shoveling on the weekend. Well, you know, of course, I have a snowblower now. Of course you do. But the snowblower is a, it's not a heavy, heavy duty one. Uh, So it got through a lot of stuff. I was quite pleased. It was a battery one, Um, but then the battery drained pretty fast because it was like cement snow uh, this weekend. But fortunately, my next door neighbor, Tony, a big shout out to Tony. He has a, he has a huge one and even that it was tough to go through, but all of a sudden I heard, and here comes Tony, the kind neighbor to help support uh, me and mine. And then I went back with a shovel and helped him. So it was a, it was a very team community connecting uh, time. So my body is better because uh, I had a couple of machines helping to support me. So we didn't have any machines, and I found at the bottom of the drive where the snowplow came by, created this mountain ridge of stuff. And even if we had a snowblower, I don't think it would have been helpful because it was these big rock-size hard-packed snow. And I ended up just picking up some of them, just throwing them off to the side. It was There was a lot of work. We got a lot of snow really, really quickly Friday into Saturday. Yeah, and I'm surprised you could pick them up because ours was really wet. You're really surprised? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bad, you bad. Yeah, no, no, it was, you're right. It was, it was very heavy. It was like, I was telling someone that, you know what, we in, uh, in Toronto, Canada area right now, we've had a really light winter. Hardly any snow. And so it was like winter saying, okay, you, yeah, I gave you a pretty good break, but don't, don't don't forget about me. So let me dump a couple big ones just to make sure you remember what I can do. Yeah, so it gave us a kick in the butt uh-huh. so far. Like we've had three pretty serious snowfalls in the last, say, two or three weeks. Right. And before that, hardly any. Hardly anything at all. Yeah. So uh, just to continue, uh, Greg and I have both been managers for periods of our career. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're always going to kind of start at the perspective of the employee. And we're going to discuss how we've observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And today, letting go. So, Greg, how would you... uh, frame this discussion that we're going to have today? Well, I think I look at this a couple different levels. So um, first of all, there's the letting go within myself. So as leaders, we pack so much in, stress builds up. Um, We try to control or manage a whole bunch of things. And so it's less that we're piling things on top of ourselves. So part of it is when leaders don't let go themselves when managers just hold on and keep kind of pulling every responsibility, worry, concern, 
expectation onto themselves, first of all, that burdens managers, gets them heavy. And, you know, when you're heavy, when you've got a lot of stuff going on, you tend to get grumpy um, because you get spent. And when you're spent, I don't know about you, but when I'm a leader and I get spent, I close down, I uh, overreact, and I impact. So the first thing is kind of uh, this whole idea of not letting go of stuff and actually kind of pulling stuff in. The other thing that's the other side is really all about delegation and letting go of responsibility and then allowing people to run with stuff. So I almost, when I looked at this term letting go, it's kind of, it's twofold. It's one, how do I learn to let go within myself? Um, and then also, how do I let go to others um, in, a, in a positive way of empowerment, of, of getting, but when we hold on to stuff, and again, when we get stressed and when there's such a change happening and there's lots of things going on, what happens is that when you let go, when you don't let go, people get disconnected because they can't grab onto anything. They or they get the reactions, the overreactions that happen to you. So it sometimes how we spin out, or if we don't give out, uh, it creates that disconnect. And if I'm disconnected, uh, especially in this new generation, folks want to have a part of something. They want to contribute to something. They want to see their value and their impact. They want to grow and learn. And when when leaders and managers don't let go, when they hold on to stuff, it can get really mucky. And I'm going to kind of, uh, I like those two. And I'm going to add a third one, both as a manager and as an employee, when the people above me don't let go and don't allow me to do my job and uh, don't let go of information or the ability mm. to do things, that I find really messes things up. And I, I'm not as effective. Um, I don't like to be micromanaged. You don't want to micromanage me. It's not a good situation. So I would add, whether, whether as a manager or an employee, when my boss would not let go, of the control, the creativity, or of the information, I found that really messed things up. And it just wasn't as good a process. Um, like, if we hire somebody, if I hire you to do the job, I should let go and go, okay, this is the expectation. This is all the information I have. This is how much money you have. This is how many people you have. Uh, off you go, just keep me up to date and, and let me know. And if anything is new on my side, I'm going to give it to you because this is your responsibility. I'm here to support you. And, and so I'm going to add that third one. And uh, when we were talking about this, that's kind of where I went, uh, you know, back into, you know, years and years ago when, oh, Alistair, you're going to be in charge of such and such. Am I? Am I really in charge of that? Or am I really not in charge of this? Are you holding on to these things? And maybe we need to have a discussion about confidence or my abilities or Maybe it's just your personality that you need to have a certain measure of control over everything. Yeah, and you know, and often sometimes it's it's people are they think they're being protective, so they think, well, you know, I can't give too much because I see my people and they're they're overwhelmed. I see my people; they got so much going on. So I'm I'm trying to hold on because boy, I don't want them to know. I don't want them to worry. I don't want them to get overloaded and that type of thing. But you know, my experience is that. Uh, moving to that space is never good. 
I agree. Uh, the more you can be honest and upfront, the more that you can let go. And, you know, letting go might also be of, of vulnerably sharing where you're at. That, you know, when I'm tired, we've talked about this on all the podcasts, and we'll talk a little bit of these things of what can leaders do, how do leaders learn to let go. And let go might be just letting go of honesty of where they like just really letting go to, to letting people know what's going on in them so i mean but sometimes it's like you get this protective nature or you you're trying to protect folks but by holding back and not sharing resources really honest updates of what's going on in that type of thing that's going to hurt you in the long run because sooner or later the dam bursts and then it, whether from you or from somebody else and then it gets really mucky I do think sometimes people are protected, but I also think there are people that just like control oh, and yeah. they do not like to give it up. And, uh, you know, knowledge is power, all those things. Um, and that is, I've come up against some of that quite often in my career. And uh, the people I've liked to work for show their trust in me. And, uh, you know, you trust them as well when they're giving you the information, when they're giving you the responsibility and the, the ability to have a good conversation about this, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, I agree there, we've all had those leaders as like the lead out, leave the little nuggets of stuff. Here's a little bit. Okay. And here's a little bit more. And here's a little bit drives more. Drives me nuts. Drives you. Or yeah. shows you the nugget that you're not getting. Oh, I know. I know. It's just, I agree hundred percent. So this is important. Uh, to the workplace and, and there can be some really negative effects if, if this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So it might be good to talk about the three buckets. So the first bucket was in myself. So yep. how, what can leaders do, um, to learn to let go early of themselves? So number one is like, don't try to take on everything yourself. Um, the sooner you can actually share, the sooner you can provide updates, the sooner you can uh, engage others alongside you up front, oh my goodness, the better. So learning to let go of, don't believe that you have to hold on to everything yourselves because sooner or later you're going to burst. Now, there is a smart, you know, we've talked about this on other podcasts, there is confidentiality stuff that you know and if you're not sure, ask your boss, you know, what's confidential, what isn't. So be clear around what that is. But the more you can share, the more you can engage with others, the more you can information and tools and resources you can let go to others, man, the better, the better you'll be. But you can also signal that there is another body of evidence or there is something else going on that you can't share at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And as somebody doing a task, if you go, listen, Elster, this is all the information I have, just let you know there's something else brewing. And as soon as I know that it impacts what you're doing or can play a role in it, mm -hmm. I will share it 100%. And to me, that that's just, that's great. Well, you know, that brings up a really interesting point, too. I, I agree 100%. You can signal. But the other thing that was bubbling up, as you said that, was that we always talk about the importance of, of community. You always say, who are you talking to? And so the inner circle, having somebody who you can confidentially talk to yeah. about what you're going through to almost uh, uh, just, just kind of release the stress and strain that you're under. Yeah. Um, have that sounding board yeah. to say, you know, what? Here, here's what I'm thinking of doing. Here's what I want to do and that type of thing. That is so important. 
often we think in you know our culture has built this ridiculous expectation of superheroes and super leaders that uh, there are no superheroes and super leaders uh you know big surprise but ding 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 super teams they're super teams and you know it, it, does, it just has to be one person or two people and it might be if you have a coach that's always great because they're a confidential they're regulated from a confidentiality perspective but also you can have your 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 someone today said um who's going through a really challenging time. I was coaching today and she said, you know what I found, you know what I recognize? She said in this last process, she said, I recognize that I have a tribe. I have a group of friends that I am more open to share my challenges with that. I'm more open to, to earlier on say that. And she just left uh, the existing place she was at because it was not a great environment and she wasn't seeing the traction. And she's, you know, she's, she was worried about some things. And, and, uh, but she said, because I knew I had this inner circle of, of like four or five people that were actually proactively reaching out to me, they noticed shifts in me. They were open that allowing you to let go in community is a first step. And then they'll also give you that guidance to your point uh, or, you know, being able to sounding board to say, okay, here's what I know. Here's what I think I can talk. How do you, how do you go from there? So I think it's, it's a, it's powerful. Starts as always with me and figuring out who's around me that allows me to work through this stuff, to let go of stuff so it doesn't burden on me and to almost be a sounding board. Cause some of us are more control oriented. I mean, it's just our personalities and it's not good. It's not bad. It's just who we are. And we want to make sure we've got everything in control, the checklist going and all that kind of stuff. Again, having that inner circle um, and knowing yourself in the calming times to say, hey, I know I lean towards control and I don't want to do that. I need you to spot it and help me through it. That's a powerful thing. So the second bucket. Mm hmm. What was the second bug? I can't remember. <laughs> I think the second bug was was letting go uh, to your people early. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I, like you said, um, be clear up front what you can say, what you can't say, number one. And then lean into saying more and giving more. And earlier on, and if you don't know, say I don't know. Like really being crisp and clear. and That's a real answer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, I always thought, well, there's three answers. Yes, um, no, and here's why, or not right now, and here's why, and here's what we're going to do. You know, those are three really crisp answers to, to anything. But again, the more you can let go and engage a broader community of your team, it's similar to that inner circle, but now of your group or your team, they will more likely come alongside you and get involved in solving the problem. So let go of data, let go of uh, authority, let go of uh, information um, uh, earlier on, uh, and it will result in better results. Yeah, I think we're kind of blending all three in. But the, the third one that I came up with, uh, there's been a couple times in my career where I've been asked to do something, but it's obvious that my boss has not decided to let go of the real authority, the real power and the real information and mm -hmm. the real lay of the land. And those situations really put you in an awkward position, whether you're a manager who's managing other people or you're an employee or somebody just working on their own to do this task, whatever it is, that's a very disillusioning thing, especially when you know, 
like I've been in a couple positions in years past where I go like, that's great, but I don't have the authority to do what they're mm. telling me to do. I do not have the power, the influence, or, and you go through those levels of, uh, of control over something. If you're going to let go and give somebody a task, you really have to give them the tools to do it. And whether it's a control thing or you're worried about them, you know, if you're worried about whether they have the ability to complete something, then have that discussion. You, you have to solve that. Like, do you not have confidence in them? Do they not have the skill sets to do it? But I find, you know, kind of that third bucket when I know we've mixed them up a little bit and that's fine because I think it's all good, good learning, but you're not going to get anything done if you don't let go and let somebody do the job that they need to do. And they're going to know, they're going to know if you haven't given, if they really don't have a green light to do something. And, you know, there's a number of things I've done years ago in my head. I'm going, you don't really want me to be successful here. Like yeah. I'm going to spend a lot of time and effort doing something. And I'm going to, I'm going to use a lot of emotional capital to get this done but there's no way I'm going to be successful in this because you're not letting go. You're not really letting me do these things. Yeah. And, you know, even I was thinking more proactively uh, also that I've had a couple of great leaders who tasked me with an assignment um, that was above my pay grade. Um, and what they did, though, was then they said, OK, hang on a second. Let's talk about who are the key people that you're going to be working with, who are the influence you have in it, and let's let's uh let's give them a quick call or let's set up a meeting and i'll i'm going to attend like the first 10 minutes and i'm going to set it up mm -hmm. you know so they actually go out and almost uh they inform those key stakeholders the folks you really need to they're empowering you they're empowering you and they say you know like like uh, i've asked alistair to take on this lead and and Mary, I'd really like you to give him all of our support and and help him move forward and that type of thing. But it sets the tone, um, and uh, um, it's such a powerful thing where you you know there's one thing to to verbalize to the person that you believe in them, but how much more powerful is when to show the actions to empower them by actually setting the stage for success? Then you know. Um, versus the other thing that you talked about is when they say, "Yeah, you're going to do this," but you're and then they're giving you a little nib, uh, little little nibbles along the way, and you're thinking, "I can't be successful." No, yeah. But it, what you were talking about there, I went back and uh, I was thinking about this person I, I worked for, and I've brought them up probably two dozen times during the course of this podcast, um, uh, all the podcasts that we've published, and. Uh, Every time I got an assignment from this person, I knew I was the guy. Mm. I knew I had full authority to do what I needed to do. All he wanted was uh, to be notified when certain things happen. And I knew what the thresholds were. And like the confidence that I had, that I had the power and authority and ability to do this was never in question. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just me. I would always work with other people because the tasks were huge. But every time I left that dude's office, I knew I was the guy mm -hmm. that I had, you know, the blessing to do this, that they had confidence in me to do this. And the product that we produced at the end mm -hmm. of the day reflected that investment in us. Yeah. 
I agree. You know, you always see the, you know, you go above and beyond because you feel good. I've, I've shown up in, in senior leader roles. Like I was a, like a junior manager and you needed VP approval and that type of thing. So my boss, the director had talked with a VP and I show up in the VP's office or see them in the, in the kitchen. And she says to me, Hey, Greg, uh, I, I, I talked to Bobby about your project and I just wanted to let you know that whatever you need, I'm here and that type of thing. And like, talk about getting fired up. It, it does a couple things. It, 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 it lets you know that they're there with you, but it also, um, widens your influence and your connectivity. And, you know, we talk about, uh, retaining great talent. What, what do you need to do? You make that you want to help them feel connected. You want to help them feel invested in, boy, this is a beautiful letting go actually strengthens those, um, connection muscles that your folks have. And in the situation I was talking about, one of the aspects of it that I really came to appreciate was it didn't matter when I could call that person. I go, Hey boss, it's Alistair and had their attention. Mm -hmm. Just let you know, there's been a major development. This is what I'm doing. I know you're going to have to report to people about what I'm doing. Bang, 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 bang. And, uh, it was a format that, you know, just kind of worked out, gave him everything he needed and gave him uh, the ability to, to have a little insight into what I'm doing. And I always get, thank you, Alster. And then I'd come back in the office either later that day or the next day. I'd be walking by and I'd just get the nod. It's good. But he was always available for that update. And would, was always encouraging, you know, thank you, Alster. It's gold, just gold. Well, it's interesting because I just started a leadership program with a group of uh, mid uh, early career leaders and these are mostly millennials um in a really dynamic organization and these are really bright young people and uh, we started it by uh, grabbing doing this picture exercise that i always do is getting people to pick a photo of their best leaders just to describe what are the attributes of it and the, it's interesting the three things that they were consistent across all and the things that they wanted to um be themselves. Um, one was that open door policy. Um, secondly was availability always there, which you described is that so open. Um, and the third thing that was interesting was they never answered. Uh, they never gave me the solution. They always asked me great questions to help me come up with solution. And that's again, letting go of the Top-down mentality. The top-down mentality. And it was just really interesting because, you know, um, letting go of my, I have to be the one that solves it versus I'm the one who creates the environment that allows others to learn and solve it themselves. That's letting go of that power, that decision-making, that type of thing. But it was funny. All of them said that those were the three themes, completely different industries they came from, different experiences, but the common themes were those common themes. Uh, I remember solving a series of problems and, and one problem that I solved, and I hate being so cryptic about how I say things, but I, I had to go into a, another facility and another management structure to kind of say, hey, guess what? And uh, what I liked about that connectivity and people not uh, grabbing the limelight and turning it into them. So I walked down the hall of this place and I was going to the big boss's office, but as I went by another boss's office, they were in there and there's no doubt that my boss had already called them Yeah, and went by and, Hey, Alistair. Yeah, we're in here. 
Thank you. Is that the stuff? Hang on. Read over a quick synopsis of what was going on. Thank you very much. We will look after it. We've had the discussions. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I want to work for this person. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Exactly. Because appreciate the work, you know, give you the, um, they have the confidence in you to do it. Uh, when you are successful, you know, they're out there with their little phone calls and doing stuff. And when you get there, everybody appreciates what you've done. Nobody's stealing the limelight. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort, you know, as myself and another person or maybe two other people. But it just works out. You go, I've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. I got to work with a bunch of really good people, got to help solve a couple of problems. And the people that I was doing the work for in terms of senior management, they appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. I agree 100%. So um, we kind of talked about the managers and a little bit of employees, but let's kind of sit down on the employee side of things. What are some things as an employee that's facing this type of situation? What are some of the things we can do to help address the situation? Well, the one thing that's jumping in mind is, and I'll go back to Stephen Covey's circle of concern, circle of influence, and circle of concern, because I also was coaching somebody this morning, actually, who... You have had a really busy day. And folks, just to let you know, I got here a little early. I took an Uber over, because I knew Greg was was really busy, and I sent him this text. I said, yeah, I'm here a little early. He goes, I'm on the phone. So I was on the end of his driveway making a phone call of myself, dude, you've been working all day. It's been a busy, busy day. Working full time is terrible, it eh? It is, it is. But I, you know, this one, the gentleman this morning, we talked about um, how, you know, he he's a perfectionist and he just has such high standards. And he was getting caught up in stuff that he had no control over. And it was a, it was a, uh, a leader that, uh, you know, didn't really listen as well. And it did not, it, he didn't report to them, but he was a big key stakeholder anyways. Um, and we talked about, I says, well, how much control, what, what do you have control over the situation? Well, I have control on how I show up. I have control on the kinds of questions that I asked. Um, and, uh, um, and what would help release information? Cause it was one of those ones where someone wouldn't give us much information. So we actually talked about what you can do is build relationship because everything comes from trust. Uh, so you can, and you can say, well, do, how much control do I have on this? And if I don't have any control or influence, I got to let it go. Cause what happens is it's, if you, if you get frustrated by stuff that you don't have control or influence are, it's just going to impact you as an individual and you're not going to, you're going to get distracted. And the people you work with. Yeah. Yeah. And the people at home that you come home to, all that kind of stuff is there. So really one of the first things is letting go as an employee is you may be in a situation where your boss is, is, is controlling and doesn't want to give you information. So just first of all, ask the question, where can I influence? What do I have control over that I can really deliver? And what don't I have control over that I just got to let go? Um, and so that's the first step is almost just, just reflecting and choosing where you're going to put your efforts and your energy. In this situation that you've kind of laid out there, one of the ways you can approach it is this is going to be a process in terms of getting the trust I need and all the information, all the access that I need. It isn't a yes and no scenario. If it's obvious from the start line that it's deficient in many ways Mm. what you're being asked to do you know every opportunity that you have to have a conversation to build relationship to ask really good questions what i really like when somebody approaches me and i've given them a task and perhaps 
and I've done it. I don't know about you, Greg, but I've done it. I haven't given them all the information. I haven't spent enough time laying the land out for them that as these conversations take place and I get these really intuitive questions, I go, this person really knows what they're mm -hmm. doing and I need to give them more information. Mm -hmm. It's, it's obvious from the type of questions I'm getting from this person that they don't have everything they need mm -hmm. to do what I've asked them to do. So you flip that. If you're the employee, just because on day one, you don't get everything, continue to have conversations, ask those really good questions that show your boss that, listen, I know what I'm doing here. I know what I don't know. And I'm, I want to move forward on this and continue that process because every time you work for somebody new, it's a new relationship. Even if you knew them before, it's a new dynamic. So rather than just turtle after day one mm -hmm. saying, oh, I, I can just do what I can do and that's it. No, I believe we have the ability, hopefully, to continue the process, to dig deeper into this scenario and, and win the trust from your boss and get that information out of them. Otherwise, you either just have to say, oh, whatever, or you, you get really frustrated, or you can continue to move forward and ask those questions. Yeah, because, you know, we never know the full story. And no, I, no. I truly believe it's a very small percentage of leaders that are that that are controlling like evilly. I've met a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have too. Uh, but it's a small percentage. Most of the times, people um, leaders aren't letting go. It's because they've had a bad situation. They don't have the um, time. They don't have the time. They don't know you well enough. They just had a bad meeting. You know, no matter what. So, so how do you build the trust? And I think in the podcast we've shared this before. One of my favorite trust models is credibility plus reliability plus intimacy slash relationship over self-orientation. And and so think about how do I, one, build credibility with my boss? Well, credibility is what I, I, I know my stuff, and so they believe. that. So think of things of how you can enhance credibility. Re reliability is uh, even if there's not a lot of trust and they're not letting go of stuff, I'm going to deliver my stuff on time, as as committed, and going forward, or maybe ahead of time. Intimacy is find those common links. What are they like? What are they like? Getting to know them a little bit and, and going forward. And then um, the, the uh, self-orientation on the bottom is really just how do you find the balance between me and us as a team? Yep. So really, if you I just, think everybody struggles with that, though, right? They do. They do. But if you think about credibility, reliability, and relationship, those are three really powerful things to say. How do I build that? Because the more you build that, I bet the more that leader will let go. Because it's it's a trust thing, and and it's not about you. Often it's about something else. Uh, so as a as an employee, wherever you start, where you are, and begin building those three critical pieces. I can think back, and there's been times when. Uh, I was given a task and I went, okay, I'm going to push it, but I don't have everything I need to do it. I've just kind of, okay, just accepted that. And there's other times when I've been a lot more uh, forward and, and things have worked out better. You have to make a decision what you want to do. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Greg. I like to work. Mm -hmm. I like the ability to do what I need to do. Uh, I like to work with other people, small groups, partnerships. And uh, there's been some times when I really probably haven't played it well. And there's other times when I played it really, mm -hmm. really well, but you're right. It comes down to a relationship and trust and you just got to do it. You just, just got to do it. Otherwise it's a, it's, it's, it's not a good scene. 
Yeah. The other thing that's bubbling up around letting go from an employee's perspective is it's easy to get into the headspace that I'm not very good at what I do. My boss doesn't trust me and those type of things. And mostly that's just spin in our heads. There are times when your boss doesn't like you and or they don't trust you and that type of thing. Um, but by stewing about it and worrying about it honestly doesn't help you at all. Um, your assumptions become the real story for you. They become the story. So say, okay, so what would it look like if they, what, what, what could I do to build that trust? So it's okay to recognize when you're in the doldrums and you're worried about stuff and that type of thing, but know that most of what's in your head are stories and it's based upon a whole bunch of other stuff and not this. If you, over time and through trying things, recognize that this is a non-changeable uh, uh, situation because you can't change the boss. What you can change is how you show up. You can't change them. And if it doesn't change, then you might have to move on, but don't get stuck in your head. Um, get moved to action on some of the things we've talked about. And I just want to jump back into the manager's side of this, the leader side of it. Uh, just what you were saying kind of brought back a bunch of things. The best thing we can do as a manager or as a leader is to have conversations with people, even if it's not a proper meeting, just give people the opportunity to talk to us. I don't know about you, Greg, but those dark times have most often been when I'm doing something and I don't talk to my boss for mm. weeks. They're really busy or they're, they're not interested in what, whatever the reason was, the same thing usually caused that. And that was lack of contact. Like I've gone weeks and weeks without talking to somebody I was doing something for. And it leaves you to your own devices and you go, oh, do they really not think what I'm doing is important? Mm -hmm. Do they not like that last piece of information I gave them? And of course we create a story in our mind and after a little while, that's the truth as mm -hmm. far as we're concerned. So as a boss, as a manager, if make sure you have those conversations and it doesn't have to be a one hour meeting. It could be just walking by, Hey, I read that thing you sent. Thank you very much. Uh, keep up the good job. That's so much to somebody working something. Well, you know what? There's I, I've done a lot of work around performance management and shifting from the one-time-a-year thing to a more regular check-in. And often the leaders say, <laughs> I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. But you know what? We're, what we're talking about is what you say, stand-up meetings, uh, which are... Drive-bys drive -bys are my favorite. Right. And you just have you know three questions. Uh, you know, what, what, what are you excited about? What's getting in your way? And how can I support? Uh, three questions. And you know what? And even if you're jammed up, uh, I've had a couple people, you know, have a quick conversation with them and they go, listen, I got a, f I got a, a meeting. Let's jump into the elevator together. Mm -hmm. Somebody else comes in the elevator. And says, Sorry, you can't come in. We're, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can make a carve out a certain amount of time for people. I agree. hundred percent. Wrap up. Yeah. I just think, you know, this whole idea of letting go is so important. And, you know, I, as part of my coaching, I actually walk through four buckets with people um, as they're reflecting on where they are and putting a plan together. And it, it's uh, the four buckets are knowing. So know yourself. Where am I today? What am I thinking about? Grow. Commit to um, uh, uh, growing and leading and, and learning. Uh, but the third one is always letting go. And that is just kind of reflect and say, what it, what is getting in my way of being a great leader. What are the doubts that I have? What are my habits that get in the way? And 
I regularly suggest the last one is showing up. So I regularly have folks actually, okay, stop. What, what, what new do you know about yourself? What are your current commitments to growing? And what are the things that you were working on to let go? And what are the new things that have bubbled up? Because guess what? Things come back up. And all of those three things really help inform and help you more consistently show up as a leader. So, But the toughest one is letting go because we're, we don't take the time, we don't reflect, but it's also the most freeing is when you let go. And let go is like the things that I burden, but also it's about information, it's about authority, it's about all the things. What are the things that I'm holding on to that if I let go will free me up, will free others up to be the best we can be? It's such a beautiful thing. And, and it's almost the same thing as an individual too, but uh, having that regular reflection and then the last thing I would say is that inner circle again, that accountability partner that you share both your growth plans, but also your your uh, your focus areas that you're learning to let go of more and have them hold you accountable, celebrate your success and moving forward. I agree with all those things. My point is you have to make time. You have to have conversations with people. Mm. The only way you're going to let go is if you get to know them and you know what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're saying. And if you don't have the time to do that, then maybe you need to take a look at what you're doing and and try to figure out whether you're using your time wisely and you're doing things that really you don't need to do. But investing in people and giving people the opportunity to have a conversation with you so they feel part of what's going on, they feel they, they're connected with you, they can ask you questions... So important just to have a conversation and it doesn't have to be elaborate. Well, you know, it's interesting. Something you raised was, you know, Covey has that importance and urgent uh, quadrant and uh, part of... Uh, just because you like doing something doesn't mean that's what you should be spending all your time doing. Right. Per part of that creating the time is looking at what am I doing that's not really as important or, or not urgent and how do I figure that out? That's a, that's a key reflection as well. I love that. That's great. This is good. Yeah, it's good. I love uh, these free, free rolling uh, topics. Sometimes. It's not going to happen all the time. Buddy. No, no, no. I think so. <laughs> uh, but the, these last two topics were topics that came up while we had a production meeting. We spent more time talking about the interviews that we'd had. And then we, I think we had three more um, developed ideas. And these two, I just threw them on my phone. I believe both of them came from you and we just never had a more in-depth conversation about what it was. And I like these two weeks. You know, it's going to happen again. It's another one of these format things where it's like, oh, this probably wasn't in my comfort zone a year ago. But this is a really good conversation. Right? I agree. I agree 100%. You good? I'm good. So uh, we hope some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry. Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, my philosophy is always, and I was actually sharing this with someone who, a new coachee, she, when she asked me, what's my coaching style? And I said, well, it's kind of this. And this is uh, my first coach. And she's- I think that's interesting that this is your cell. This is your opening line. Well, yeah, no, it is. And, and you know, and because uh, it, my first coach, she, she said to me that, Greg, in our sessions, uh, when we talk, I am going to be uh, direct and there's going to be some things that you're we're going to talk about that you're going to feel really good and get joy from. But there's going to be some other things that are going to be crunchy and you might get a little peeved off. Uh, but my intention is to create moments of growth and learning from both places. So really, uh, whether it's crunchy and you feel peeved off or whether it's joyful, pause, reflect and say, what can I learn here and what can I do different here? 
Um, and, and that's a great thing. So we hope that in our podcast that we do create a little bit of joy and a little bit of crunchiness. And uh, as a coach, I hope to do that as well. There you go. That's what they're paying for. Yeah, that's right. Shout out. Yeah, sounds good. I don't think we've said this, this city. Um, I, I tried going back in my notes and I don't remember mentioning them, but Waterloo, Ontario. Waterloo, Ontario. Oh, you know what? I that's that's cool. You know, Waterloo for folks that are not from Canada, it's a place just outside of uh, out of Toronto, but it's a tech triangle. It's like lots of stuff. Big um, university town. Yeah, yeah. Blackberry. People might remember that. That's where they were founded, and there was a lot of investment in there. Big university, math and and business co- uh, town. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, welcome Waterloo. Welcome to the party. Awesome. Um, I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. Listen, folks, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.